This podcast you're about to listen to is a controlled experiment using trained intellectual monkeys. Remember that these are the opinions of real monkeys and may not reflect the opinions of the highly trained human scientists in charge. And most importantly, no monkeys were harmed in the making of this podcast. do it at the end we could or i could just ad lib something now so i have a placeholder and then i can record it re-record it later that's fine i could do something like and welcome to the infinite monkeys podcast the after party where we take what we learned from our last interview and we just have a casual discussion about it you know a fireside chat little coffee little 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 drink little beverage uh I don't have a prop. I kind of messed that up. Figurative coffee. Yeah, we'll just we'll, this is this is this is the the after show podcast, the after dark podcast where uh who knows what's going to happen, but we're going to discuss what we some of the thoughts that came up during um our past interview and this might just devolve into casual madness. <laughs> hey Teo. How's it going? Hi Tyler. Hi. It's going okay. Yeah. I just realized this morning that we're going into reading week. Uh, at the university so i actually you, have like a week off next week how do you feel about that is it good it, it's good is it good yeah I, I it was i don't know i just it, for some reason i just didn't think it applied to me or something like it, just was, does, it was not on my radar d- does it apply to does it apply to mathematicians <laughs> uh yeah i technically don't have two classes next week uh, uh, and there's no seminar so, so. So, so, so the joke is that no breaks ever apply for scientists because all our experiments don't end just because we have a holiday. <laughs> um, so I, I always assumed that I honestly always assume that uh, grad students in general get exempt from any breaks. <laughs> yeah, it's good to know that you have one though. I mean, it, it basically just means like I don't have a reason to go to campus, but I'm still doing the same amount of work, which I'm pretty sure everyone is doing that. <laughs> So, yeah. so, 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 so no, so no, so no spring break ragers for you. Uh, no, it's a, hey, let's catch up and scramble to finish the thesis reading week. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a, that sounds, that sounds great. It, catch it, t- time to catch up. It's always, honestly, honestly, it does. It, it's, it, it'll be great. <laughs> it's a very pleasant surprise this morning. <laughs> so you, uh, so, so, so what do you, what, what, what did you think about our last discussion there? Yeah. Well, I was noticing um that uh something has come up in a couple of our podcasts so far mm-hmm. namely your interview of me and my interview of you <laughs> particularly my interview of you um and it was this metaphor of the academic playground mm-hmm. where you know it's just that's what research is it's just playing on this academic playground and it's so fun and interesting and exciting and you know for years you'll like have your sights on that playground like oh one day i'm going to be playing in that playground it's gonna be so nice um but it turns out that this playground has a fence around it mm-hmm. and what's more it has a gate and that gate is locked and only certain people have the keys i, I guess we should also add that the that the fence is like electrified and there's a roof on it because <laughs> you can't because you because you can't just climb over it either that, that's right yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's not like a knee-high fence. <laughs> it, it's a pretty solid, like, functional fence. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. Maybe even a cage. Maybe. <laughs> An infinite monkey cage. Oh, interesting. <laughs> huh. Well, I, I look forward to the tangents of this conversation uh, in about 20 minutes. <laughs> um, and one of the things that we were, that, that, that you, you, you were talking about in uh, your interview was that like, um, bachelor's degree is like, you get to walk up to the fence and you can like look through the fence mm-hmm. and then grad school is like, okay, now you can go to the playground. But you have to, you don't get the keys. You have to, your, your hand is held by your supervisor and you get to watch the supervisor play. <laughs> and then finally, maybe in your PhD or at the end of your PhD or after your PhD, you get the keys. And, um, you know, we, um, we're sort of lamenting this, this, this whole process that like, oh, it's so frustrating that you have to wait so long. And, and it's so much work to get to, to be able to play on the playground when you know you know you know you can play on the playground you know you know you can play on the monkey bars and you know what to do and it's, it's really fun and uh, we sort of called back uh, to this metaphor again in, in my interview and we were like ah oh, you know I, I was like really frustrated at you know having to wait so long and uh, to, to play on the playground and well um, one of the things I like to try to do is especially when I'm like really frustrated by something and you know I have like this strong opinion like ah really sucked to have to wait so long ah I have this like is you record is you record a podcast about it that's what you do right that's right that's right you record a (laughs) podcast to tell the world how how angry you are (laughs) so what do you like to do what do I like to do well um I'm I'm a bit I'm I'm not not I've had a bit of time to reflect on a very emotional podcast um i'm thinking like okay maybe there's a reason for the gatekeeping maybe there's a reason for this fence and yeah maybe it's frustrating for me as an individual but like what purpose does it serve society and what purpose does it serve um other people and you know i started to think about it a bit and like okay it's here for a reason why is it why is the fence there why is the gate there why 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 can't anyone have the keys so yeah i just wanted to see where what we could come up with as uh, reasons for why the gate is there and maybe maybe by the end of it we can tone down my uh emotional frustration at uh, the existence of the fence so 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 did you want did you want my thoughts my my like knee-jerk thoughts on it because you probably had a lot a lot more time to think about it at this point i i'd be very interested in your knee-jerk thoughts on it so especially since my, you're further along than, than i am so so, so my 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 knee jerk thoughts of why it takes so long, and and we kind of alluded this, uh, talked about this, I think, r- really early on in the days of this podcast. Hmm. Like this must have been like podcast eight, and I think it was a, I think it was a thread when me and Gunner were going through um, our degrees, hmm. um, and I think one I think one of the reasons. My knee is, and this might be specific to science. So I, so I don't think this actually is true. Now that I'm thinking about it a bit more, but my 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 knee jerk, one of my knee jerks was that the system itself requires you not getting the keys because 
the system relies like from a science perspective to do science itself is so underfunded and there's no money for it that you have to delay giving people the keys to the playground to have fun as long as you possibly can um because the 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 once you give someone the keys to the playground they cost a lot more money hmm. um so so potentially like 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 from a science perspective how how that works is you you you're doing your bachelor's um labs are really really expensive yeah, to to right. do to do wet lab work someone talking in a room super cheap <laughs> um so you are in so by primarily having hands off learning um you're maximizing profit and universities are unfortunately a business and that's how they maximize profits so they maximize the undergraduate degree right um this is going to get me really depressed and then you <laughs> and then you go into the the next stage which is either a master's and sometimes people can accelerate to a phd and skip the master's um and at this point you need to be trained how to do things because you already in a system that didn't train you how to do things which is <laughs> interesting so to, to, to do so, you, so even though you've done a bachelor's you actually know nothing about science and you can't actually do science i you, you are not a scientist because you can't conduct an experiment mm -hmm. um so you need a training period okay that's that sounds reasonable if we ignore the reason of why the undergrad degree exists um so you, so you get into a training period what's the what's the most cost efficient way to train someone well you give them a project to do and you and you let them do that project okay that sounds reasonable again if we're ignoring everything else um so what project do you give them well you give them a project that a scientist who's already established has money for okay sure and the issue arises in that the issue arises in that because right now you're in a training period and the system makes that training period as long as it possibly can so it's like you get it's like you get hired at a new job and you're on a third and most new jobs you get hired for you're on like a 30 day um probationary period or 90 day probationary period it's usually three months mm. i think um and mm. you know after that 90 days you're an established employee you're relatively trained you can do the job you go off on your own and you do the job part of the company how a graduate degree does it is they say you're in a probationary period for two to ten years <laughs> two to ten nice <laughs> and and you know ba back when i was growing up the the training wage that mcdonald's gave you for the first 500 hours of your work was 650. so they're like okay because we have no government regulations because so few people go this far your training wage lasts two to ten years no one's going to tell us otherwise and that's great for the people who you're working under 
because they get really cheap labor. And don't they get like, I'm just trying to think about how much I get paid if I don't TA. Um, I'm pretty sure it's like around $6 an hour. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll say, and I'll just say that the, the, that figure is university depend, dependent. That's true. Um, this, is, this, is, this is very much an aside yeah. to, this, to that comment. But yeah. one thing I've learned over the years is based on interacting with a bunch of different institutions, the institutions that are seen as being more successful pay their, pay their staff less. <laughs> and by staff, I mean their trainees less. I see. So like that's not, at least in science. That's not necessarily like administration. It's not that they're paying their researchers more. It's yeah, everyone but professors or something. Yeah, like like yeah. So so they're 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 like they're a lot of really successful universities who have the clout to attract students. What they do and and it's kind of messed up is in science they will. Be like, oh, you want to, you know, come to our prestigious university? We'll take you on as a volunteer and not pay you, but you get to work at our prestigious little university. Um, whereas other universities who are less prestigious, they're just like, we'll we'll pay you money. Do you want to go work at the prestigious university and make no money, or do you want to work for money? Probably get the same technical skills. <laughs> Um, but you don't get the pre- you don't get the prestige. Although I am wondering, like, what about other funding, like uh, awards and scholarships and things? Because, like, like if I if I didn't get any awards, I would not be here. <laughs> well, and, the, this, yeah. Well, this, like, I don't know. I I I don't know how mathematics work, and this is why this is a very like like this example, very science focused. Okay. Right? So I don't think I don't think it's true across different subjects i see because the other thing about science is because science is a heavily funded thing and like most science like if you i don't know if you ever play the game civilization uh yeah a little bit i I didn't binge into it you know but so civilized so civilizations there's like multiple ways you can win a game of civilizations and one of the ways is you know very strong military one of the ways is very strong into science and R&D because then you just get, you know, then you can take the spaceship to, to different planets and you win because you're intergalactic and no one's going to, you, you can't lose. <laughs> um, um, now, with that being said, um, that's kind of how the real world works to a degree. Like the universities and whatever are like... Pro- are not the companies the companies like the companies that exist that are science companies they just want to make profit but the research institutions the 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 universities they are trying to get your science bar to 100% so you win um and because that is Wait, a win condition. Sorry, that means they, that they get funding. If they if they maximize the science, then they it, get more money. Is that- it, it's it's. Well, I'm talking to more of like a f- philosophical standpoint. Okay. Like 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 like, science as a field is a win condition of life. Okay. Um, because you know, 
if science advances, we get new medical advances, we can live longer, sure. we can, you can technically develop more weapons to nuke every other nation if you wanted to. Um, you can colonize other planets. Like, it's, it's, it's a philosophical win condition. Yeah. Um, because it's a philosophical win condition, science has the opportunity to get money from the government more than other fields. And that's where I'm going with it. Okay. And because science has this high opportunity to get money from the government because the government sees value in it, but it's a win condition. Yeah. Um, all scientists at the master's and PhD level get paid. So, so at, 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 so like a master student will get a salary of a stupid, it's like, it's an unlivable salary, but you get like $17,000. Mm -hmm. A PhD student will get $22,000. Yeah. Like it's not great, but you just get that money. Rounding back to how some institutions do it, not all, but some do, is they you are required to get seventeen thousand or twenty two thousand dollars as a math or not as a math as a, as a master's of science mm -hmm. or phd i don't know if that's true in math yeah it's about that um if you win an award at some institutions you don't get that award or scholarship on top of that money oh i see okay. they will actually just pay you less so the only way to actually make more than $17,000 or $22,000 at some institutions is you actually have to win awards in excess of $17,000 or $22,000, which is very, very hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you are literally the top of the world if you're getting past that I money. See, I see. Yeah, okay. Um, so that's why awards I don't really consider, at least in science, sometimes. Yeah. That is a very fair point. Yeah. Okay, so we sort of went on a tangent there of like uh, grad students don't get paid very much. Um, and uh, so you were saying that like the undergraduate process is kind of like a waste of time <laughs> or like just this excessive thing. Um, and grad students uh, is a time where they ostensibly get training, uh, but like that training takes so long and, mm -hmm. and it's like not very well paid. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sorry, does that include PhD or is that mostly just masters or PhD? You're still getting trained. Yeah. PhD, you don't you don't generally come up with your own project. Yeah, right. And so, okay, after that process, like you get the keys after your PhD. Mm -hmm. Um, are are things fine then? Is that is is that the end point? Is that and I will say, you only sometimes get the keys. Okay. At, like, like at okay. my level, yeah. so, so, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm a postdoctoral fellow. That's the position you get if you want to pursue research mm -hmm. after your PhD. I'm very unique in the fact that um, I can, I come up with my own projects and my own papers and my own, and I develop my own thing. The idea of a postdoctoral fellow in science is that you're develop you're proving to it's the proving part you're proving that you can do science independently mm. so then when you get a position as a professor you're you've already proved yourself like yeah you can take the position of professor because you can do independent science research 
there are a lot of postdocs who get hired entirely for their technical skills. Yeah, right. So it's like, oh, I have money in um, to do, I don't know, autism research. And I want to, and I have these, I don't know, mice that have autism. And I want to look at how their brain structure is different from mice without autism. I just made that up. You can't do that. But, you know, that's the money they have the money they have someone gave them money for a postdoc and so they'll hire a postdoc being like you have all the technical skills yeah. come work for me but you have to do this project right so you don't always get the keys then like you really don't you you really aren't guaranteed to get the keys until you're a professor mm-hmm. and the thing is even when you are a professor unless you can get grant money yeah you're still limited in what you can do but but at least at that point if you can get money you can do whatever you want right yeah so really it's the professor that's guaranteed yeah as you said like if even if, if you just get a professorship job you're working your ass off to get tenure for <laughs> years mm-hmm. and yeah that, it's just a big rat race <laughs> but like but like the, the, like the, this this logic isn't like it, it it's not a consistent logic of why we don't get the keys because like like explain how mathematics works as far as i understand okay yeah the undergrad is the same sort of i feel i feel a little bit more uh i I feel a little bit more um happy with the undergrad mathematics uh process um because like like one of the main things that you're learning in undergrad mathematics uh i mean especially third and fourth year is, is how to prove things and like it, it, it's like proving proving things is a skill, and it takes a long time. And it's, it's it's very much analogous to like essay writing, and it takes a while to build that up. And by the time you get to grad school, you need to be able to you know be, be able to prove things <laughs> without having to think about it, without having without having to be like, oh wait, is this a proof? Does this logic make sense? And so on. So like it that makes a bit more sense to me um i i do think that in a lot of cases undergrad mathematics could be like maybe two or three years instead of four years um especially if you know that you want to be a mathematician from the beginning um um yeah because because there are a lot of like extra courses that you you don't need but um yeah i i I do feel like maybe because like the main technique of being a mathematician is like and this depends on the area of math but usually it means being able to code stuff and being able to prove stuff and you can learn all that by the end of your bachelor's and so you can uh pretty much be trained to do research by the end of your bachelor's uh so i feel feel like mathematicians might be a bit earlier than, than, than scientists in this process um, because the, there are just a, a lot fewer techniques so like you have you, like you don't have to do labs lab stuff yeah so, so so you so so because mathematics doesn't require theoretical knowledge and hands on like i'm kind of those are kind of sort of uh, yeah gray gray definitions but like because they don't have theoretical knowledge and don't have hands-on knowledge they can, they're kind of more lumped together in mathematics. 
you get the skills in your bachelor's to be able to think about how to create a project for your master's and for your PhD. It, it, I think it's a bit easier. Um, like, it, you don't necessarily know what a good research project is by the end of your bachelor's, but you would know how to go about trying to solve it once you have it. So um, there's like a little bit less training, like technical training and like analytical training required in your master's. How, how, how much do you feel that you chose your master's project? Like, do you feel like you had a good, a pretty good, you're satisfied with how much input you had into what you did? Because I feel like I didn't have any input. Yeah, I I am very satisfied, and I feel like I had at least fifty to sixty percent input. Okay. Um. What like my my supervisor um had the background to see like to sort of tune the ideas and in, into a context that made sense given like precedent in in research. Mm-hmm. Um. And. But other than that, he was he was quite quite open to um, sort of the, the the broad thrust of what I was trying to do, and that that, that might be I, I I do get the impression that in mathematics that 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 isn't like the most common thing. Um, I I, th- I think it is it is probably more common in mathematics than it is mm-hmm. in science because um, there's a lot more money involved. Like <laughs> this is. Uh, really not an expensive enterprise my research <laughs> um but yeah I, anyway it, it did take a few months for me to like understand like what it took to for, for, for the research project to be like a good research project like worth worthwhile doing um and so i i did i did have some learning to do there but so so going so going back to the original mm-hmm original question that you um posed do you do you feel that the analogy holds in mathematics maybe maybe it's a little more relaxed in mathematics maybe they're all like you know really chill ass surfer dudes from california (laughs) but do you but do you whereas you know science is more is more like you know uh, posh, rich folk who are like corp- going to corporately or like <laughs> in corporate suits, especially but, in biology, um, anyway, like yeah, like chemical biology or whatever. <laughs> so, 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 regardless of whether or not they're surfer dudes or in corporate yeah. suits, do you still feel like the analogy holds in mathematics across both fields? I think so. I, in in, I think so. But but, but there are, there's there are some pretty big differences. Like, um. It's it's hard to like, okay. It's it's way easier to do bad science than it is to do bad mathematics. Like like you can't do like it's 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 hard to think you've proven something, and um, when when in fact you haven't. Um, whereas it's a lot easier, I think, to like think you've you know, generated some data that supports some claim. Um, 
and you've done some stats on it and like you're, yeah like this makes sense um, in in science but in fact it doesn't make sense and it's it's really bad methods or whatever but like in math like it's because everything because everything that you're doing is deduction like your conclusions either follow from the premises which is just like all of which just encompasses like two pages of like lemmas <laughs> rather than like years of data sets and, and all this. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's way harder to do, to do bad, to do bad mathematics. And so w what happens instead is that like, you just can't make the deduction. Like if you don't know mathematics, if you can't prove things, then you just, you just don't know where to start. You don't know how to continue. You just hit a wall. Um, so I think it does take a long time to get to a place where you can actually generate real mathematics. Um, uh, although now, now that I'm sort of thinking about this and I'm, uh, maybe, maybe it is a bit different. I I hadn't, I hadn't really thought about mathematics d differently from science here, but now I'm now I'm getting a little bit uh, confused. I'm not so sure. Yeah, can you make a general like? I think I think we can say that it's true that the keys, because the original question was 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 why are the keys handed to you so late type of yeah, thing. Like, yeah. And I think it's true that all the fields are handed the keys very very late but i think the underlying reason why is very very different and i think that comes down to not only the tools but like maybe even the philosophy of how the programs are structured like what what's the out learning outcome um because my, my 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 general my general sweeping statement is the keys are handed uh, the keys are handed to you late um because very there there is very few things in any field so any program that tailor that are tailored specifically to the purpose of you getting the keys. Okay. A lot yeah. of the a lot of the things about the playground are more like let me let me teach you about what a slide is. Let me teach you about what the tic tac toe machine is. Let me teach you what a seesaw is. It's a lot of learning about the playground but it was it's almost like they withhold from you how to use a seesaw like they say you know a slide is a is is an angled thing that um allows um that that, that allows you to overcome um friction uh friction and so movement happens 
but they never tell you how to have fun on a slide. They never say sit your butt down at the top and slide down it. They're just describing things to you, but they're not telling you or giving you any examples of how to utilize it. They're not telling you how to have fun on the playground. Right. Yeah. And 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 they hold that from you for so long. I think in every field. I agree with that. Yeah. Um yeah. and and why? Yeah, I I think I think that's a really interesting point that like like the fun and excitement of research is withheld. Um and yeah, I, I can't think of a good reason why. Um, but like, may, maybe, okay. Let's see if it is intertwined with some other reason that uh, for, for which um, it is good to be withheld. I don't know if that made sense. <laughs> um, like, one of the things is... is as you were talking, um, that came to mind was, uh, well, that joy of research is, is, um, is withheld. Um, there, sorry, let me get my thoughts together. <laughs> It's probably not. It probably doesn't help that I'm whispering Jeopardy music in your ear while you're trying to think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to start with a little, little bit of a funny thing here. So every now and then, every couple months, everyone in the math department gets emails from some weird numerological conspiracy theorist or something, where they're okay. like. Hey, check out my website. I've solved triangles and it's all about the pentagram and you know, like it's some crazy numerological thing. And then you go to the website and it's just like, I don't know, it's like really basic mathematics uh, combined with some weird ancient like numerology. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I've figured out prime numbers. <laughs> and um, it's, it's a very good thing that that person isn't credentialized and like and, and and like is in the room of mathematicians you know discussing mathematics because they would waste a lot of time and if we had to like pay attention to them if we had to like you know put up with them like oh yeah they're just doing they're they're part of the department we gotta listen to them uh then that would be a, a huge time sink and waste of money and potential anyway all that stuff and um, I feel like a bachelor's degree in particular uh, does a lot to dissuade those people from uh, continuing on or w with their perspectives. Um, like maybe in maybe in mathematics, hmm. but like in in science you still have people who will still withhold to their crazy science beliefs their crazy anti-science beliefs and you even have people who are who are willing to tough out all the stages of getting to the playground to get the credential 
entirely to spit their anti-science rhetoric into the universe. And they're like, well, you have to pay attention to me because I now have the credential. Fair enough. But like, is, how many it, people is, do that? Sorry. Uh, I mean, like, look, look, maybe not much, maybe like 0.1%, one out of every thousand. And, you know, there's only like a couple hundred PhDs minted in Canada every year. But like, there are three people, four people with PhDs spitting anti-science rhetoric in Ottawa right now. Sure. Um, and, and so is, is the crazy, is the crazy just withheld, like, is the gate, the, the, the perceived gatekeeping from the playground in mathematics, is that just a byproduct of less volume of people in mathematics? Like a, a science program has... I'm going to assume by, you know, a multiple of 10, more people going through it. Mm -hmm. Therefore, if you have more people going through it, the number of 0.1% <laughs> of people that represents is higher. Therefore, they're louder because there's more of them. Whereas, you know, if you have, so, so, so let's say point, you have a thousand people to go through biology. 0.1% is one person is a quack every single time a thousand biology students graduate. In mathematics, let's say the department is 10 people. Again, I'm just kind of making numbers up, but 10 people. That means you need 10 generations of people going through mathematics to get one quack. I'm, I have a hard time even thinking about what a mathematical quack looks like. <laughs> and, and not, I am certain there's a number theory person out there conspiracy theorist person who has a phd i am i i you haven't looked hard enough yeah fair enough I, yeah and like to, to be fair there are there are mathematicians who have like radical different assumptions about mathematics um but at the same time they're like they're still doing mathematics like but um okay so so you're saying that like um they're the gatekeeping doesn't keep the quacks uh, from from coming from coming in. Yeah, I, I I I think I think what the gatekeeping does, and I have absolutely no evidence for this at all. Sure. I am making stuff up. <laughs> um, but I think what the gatekeeping does is, you know, let's say if university this is a crude example, but if university was free. A million people would go to university. Okay. So that means that if 0.1% of those people were quacks, you would have, was that 10,000? Yep. Um, you'd have 10,000 people who are quacky. Now, all that happens for gatekeeping is they now charge enough money that you are in debt for two decades of your life um or more mm. unless you're from a privileged family so the cost isn't worth it and, and 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 so that that what that cost does is it just says okay now instead of a million people going through it's now a thousand so now you have one quack right it, it, it the, the proportions are the same you're just not giving as many people the opportunity i see yeah okay 
that but that again that's just my unsubstantiated hypothesis well no you have a phd so therefore it's true <laughs> <laughs> remember this podcast is not fact checked at all <laughs> totally <don't. laughs> yeah that's an interesting point um i okay at the very least i it does seem like it's useful to have some sort of gatekeeping maybe it's not through time maybe it's not through bachelor's degree or whatever um that uh probably looks like um one-on-one -on -one, uh assessment like a supervisor sort of challenging the student uh in in various tough analytical ways um yeah we should all have a mr miyagi i don't know that reference oh it's karate kid oh dang <laughs> it's revealed that i don't know a very popular <laughs> reference <laughs> <laughs> but yes we should all have have someone like this um and in particular the people who make claims to to knowledge on very technical things i uh, should have this um but I, I suppose that that is what grad school is supposed to be. And we don't get that in undergrad. Really. I mean, in sort of a statistical way, we get it through grading in undergrad, I suppose. But Can I give you a hot take? Yeah. I'm giving you a hot take. I'm ready. By the fire. The hot take, do hot take doesn't really work for mathematics. That, or, or maybe it does. I don't know enough about mathematics. My hot take is why can little Oscar Brown, that's his name, little kid, little, little Oscar Brown, he goes and he says, you know what I really like as a kid? I like trains. And so you know what he does? He goes and becomes a train conductor. Mm -hmm. And what are his barriers of entry to becoming a train conductor? He goes through high school. Then he takes crane. Then he then then he goes to the train conducting program and becomes a train conductor. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You have you you, you have you have little you have little 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 uh, little uh, Leela um uh, Leba Leela Wesley. Leela Wesley wants to be a carpenter. You know what Leela Wesley does? She goes to high school. She takes maybe woodworking in high school. You know what she does after that? She gets her Mr. Miyagi carpenter, master carpenter apprentice, <laughs> and her her Mr. Miyagi teaches her how to be how to make a dope chair furniture table. You know she can work CNC machines, and she's a carpenter. Yeah, she can get she gets all the joy out of her carpent out of her carpentry. Little Oscar Brown gets all the joy out of driving trains, working for the CN Rail, the Canadian Railway takes a fraction of the time you get you get the excitement right up front you can get to the playground right away yeah. you're you're driving the train you're 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 working with your hands on the wood why can't we get that in other things why can't we get that in mathematics why can't we get that in science why can't we get that in physics yeah that's a good hot take um i'm thinking that maybe there's a bit of a difference when it comes to academia just to play devil's advocate here in that, especially if you're going to be a researcher, um, and maybe this is different for different fields, um, it probably is, but it, I, I do think that this is sort of broadly true if you want to become a professor and be uh, to creatively generate your own projects and things. Um, 
it's important that you um, are able to play with ideas and like objectively sort of analyze ideas and, and entertain different assumptions and, and, and consequences of those different assumption sets. And but why can't, but, but little, but little, but little Leela, she could make a three leg table. She, she, she can play around. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if there's a difference in academia, um, in, in that, uh, if your background is so domain specific, like you only know, uh, like, like, okay. Like if you're, you're a biologist, if the only thing you ever learned about was the brain, um, could you still do what you do well without like a bit like like an intuition in like chemistry and physics and, um, Here's my other hot take. Everyone forgets what they learned in their undergrad, <laughs> at least in science. Like, I don't know about mathematics, but like, sure, sure. The, the, the idea is that you get introduced to a, like, this is the idea. Mm -hmm. It's the idea in North American. Yep. I, I believe that's what I've heard. Yep. This is not true in European yep, universities, but in North American universities, they want to develop you to be a rounded person. So you have a broad knowledge in a bunch of different topics. Mm -hmm. Um, and they even and say you want to be a biologist you get you get a broad range of learning in a bunch of biology topics you get some other fields too in there um does that help me to ask good questions i don't think so because what ends up what ends up happening at least like like like, like what happens in science um yeah uh so so i'm going to use some jargon here and 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 i and i Maybe I will, but in this example, and if I do use jargon, I apologize, but in my master's program, the overall hypothesis was that if you're stressed, I'm using that word very unscientifically, but if you're stressed, your brain will release toxins and that toxins will, and those toxins will cause brain damage. Um, so whether or not you learn that in, whether or not you learn about these toxins in your undergrad, what you, what ends up happening to a lot of people going through this rigorous training program, you know, the masters and PhD side is they'll be like, okay, toxins cause brain damage, toxins cause brain damage, toxins cause brain damage, toxins cause brain damage. And because they're being trained in this field they often won't think well what else do these toxins do and sometimes those toxins are not always toxins but you're so used to calling these things toxins or bad mm -hmm. that every time you see that word you assume oh it, high, high amounts of this toxin is bad but someone else from a different field who in biology still just a different you know maybe they're doing cancer biology they're like Oh, I want high levels of that thing. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily true that, you know, having this well-rounded opinion on things, and I'd like to hear your thoughts in mathematics, whether this is true or whether it could be true. It's kind of interesting because you have like structure, um, but like in, in, in science, I would have a very hard time believing that 
the well-roundedness helps you not be so tunnel visioned in your opinion because every most people that i talk to after they're done their masters or after they're done their phd are so tunnel visioned in their opinion of what things do and that is actually per from from my own personal experience and my own how i feel about how i feel about how other people react to me on my view on science is that a lot of i a lot of people don't like it that i am not tunnel visioned where i will be i like me specifically I am like, okay, that in this instance, this toxin is bad. Okay, sure, maybe. But in this instance, it's good. And I always yeah. try to bring both of you points in, but a lot of people are just like, let's ignore this. And and they think, and, and, and I get like a lot of flack for actually bringing both viewpoints in. Um, because it's not normal or because they want you to focus on one thing at a time or I, like. I think, I think it's, I, I think it's, you're 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 challenging the status quo okay so i think i think it comes down to an abnormal thing mm-hmm. um in science mm-hmm. fields are field fields are very siloed mm-hmm. so 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 like a cancer somebody who studies cancer won't talk to someone who studies some other disease who won't talk to someone who studies some other disease yeah. and so each and each disease has their own opinion on how things work but when you start looking at other diseases, you're challenging what your group of people think. Yeah. And people don't like that. Right. Why don't people like that? It comes back to the money issue. You can't, if you are, ch- it's an unfortunate thing about science. It's not true in mathematics is that because mathematics is again, built off. It's either true or not is kind of how I think about mathematics to a degree. Um, in science, because you have a degree of uncertainty built into the system, if you challenge a status quo, what you're saying is that what someone else did is wrong. And if you say that someone else did something wrong, you're 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 affecting their wallet potentially. Yeah. I don't know. I, so they actually. I'm, I'm a bit hesitant to to accept the claim that that's like a bad thing, or or, or that it's like just just sort of cynically like some money uh, incentive because like. Don't we want some conservatism in, in in science? Like, like we don't don't we want May- the the eccentric to like spend a lot of time substantiating their arguments to to try to um change change things? I mean, it's frustrating as hell for that person. But yeah, maybe maybe yes, maybe no. Like you you have a trait you have a trade off there. Yeah. Um, like like for example, right now in the entire world. Who rules science? People who work with mice and animals. People who test on mice and animals. Um, Mice and animals evolved 100,000 years ago. I think the actual number is 87 87 million years ago. Um, And so mice and human are very different. We've proven time and time again that we can cure diseases in mice and then we try it in humans it doesn't wait, work wait, sorry. so time. we diverged from from mice 87 million years yeah okay. yeah yeah okay. yeah um yeah not evolved from we diverged on the cladogram cool. um and so there's been 87 million years of you know 
are genes learning to do something and mouse genes learning to do something else. That, that's a long and time. Like it's a very long like humans time. Humans have only been Think around. About dinosaurs. Humans have only been around for like what eighty hundred thousand years. That's I have no that's idea. Like, that's like three orders of magnitude off. Evolution was the one course that I got my lowest grade on. I think I passed with a 51%. <laughs> and you had to take um, it. And I had to take it. Um, the so, so, you know, you have all these mice people who, who say, you know, I'm doing good work because I'm, I'm showing how this disease progresses in mice and I'm showing how to cure this disease in mice. Mm, yeah. But what's the end result? Their cures never work. Their disease, how how the disease progresses in mice is different than humans mm -hmm. potentially, but they but they want to hold on to the idea that mice are the best because that's what gets them money. I come in and I'm you know uh, I come in and I say hey I want to grow brains and I want to go brains in petri dishes yeah. I want to go brains in test tubes and someone's like no you can't do that why are they saying that they won't they won't they aren't giving me the opportunity to prove or disprove that i can or cannot do that oh okay so 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 they're like the whole system is sort of like pushing not not just like doubtful of of the the eccentric perspectives but like trying to wall wall off the eccentric perspectives mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay and 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 so it's 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 like oh my gosh! Like I, can I go on an aside sure. here? Can you hold? Can you hold? By the fire yeah. I got my coffee. Go on. Sweet. Okay. Cool. Story time. I, I love these. I love these after after interview podcasts. Um, I had a conversation. Like this is so relevant. Like I had a conversation yesterday, and and um, again I apologize if there's jargon. Stop me if there is jargon. I'm gonna try to make it not jargony. I'll try. I really um, like jargon, so I'm sorry, audience. <laughs> <laughs> Audience, send me an angry email yeah. at Infinite Monkeys Podcast <laughs> at TylerJWenzel.com. Um the 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 so I, I I had a I have I have had so many opportunities this year, like two these two months at the beginning of this year, um, to give presentations on what I do. Mm -hmm. And I've given them to students. I've given them to faculty. Students love my presentations right well, now. Yeah. It's great. I'm growing brains from my blood. Yeah, that's um, the coolest but, thing. But the faculty, the questions they ask are just like, are you serious? Like, I had, I, I have the coolest data um, that I'm thinking of making like a little Instagram story so people can, can, can just, you know, revel in science and cool things. Um, but I have, what, what I recently did is I grew um, a bunch of uh, a bunch of these brain um, um, tissues, uh, and I grew them in a bunch of different ways. Um, and I grew them from what companies like like companies will give you all the ingredients to do it. And I bought their kit. Um, I made the kit that is the most widely cited cited and most popular method to make these things. I did that way. I, and I, then I did like seven different ways of my own formulations. And, and what I showed is I showed if you look at these tissues as they're growing, they look to the naked eye 100% identical. So meaning that 
the most widely used protocol and these commercial kits, they describe certain visual cues or characteristics ah. that describe that it's going correctly. I see. Yeah. And one of them is that, and one of them, for example, is that you have a sphere and then at one point the sphere gets little bumps on it with dark centers. Okay. So you kind of see, you know, it kind of looks like an inverted ping pong ball, mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, all my formulations get an inverted ping pong ball. Every single thing that they say needs to happen visually happens. I see. Okay. To me, that's a good argument that what I'm doing based on the characteristics you guys established, mm -hmm. I'm doing the same thing. Now, here's the difference. When I did this, I just, and this is hot off the press. Like I literally did this yesterday. Right. <laughs> um, and, and I gave the presentation like later that evening. Um, and, and what I showed is, Hey, look, the way that I do it is better than yours because there are certain, um, um, cell types that are in mine that are not in yours. Right. Okay. Um, so, so, so there, there, there's one technique where it makes like little, I don't know if anyone's taking a COVID rapid test, but you know, there's like those lines that appear on the COVID rapid test where it's like, there's a control. Uh, have you taken no, one ever? Have you seen one ever? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Um, so, so it's like, it's like a pregnancy test in a way, like an old, like a dollar store pregnancy okay. test where, where you have, um, there on the pregnancy test, there is a line that says, this if a line if a line appears you're pregnant and then there's a little section under it mm -hmm. and it's clear and then you you know pee on it or in the case of a covid test you stick it up your nose and then if you have covid or if you're pregnant a line appears underneath okay okay so so the line appearing means the proteins of covid are there or or the proteins of pregnancy are there i don't or i think it's the hormone wait so you can um, use a covid rapid test to test to be pregnant yes oh, okay yes that is that, that is That's that is 100 factual okay, cool. um but my 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 point was that i i there's there's a technique you can do in science that's very similar okay. where where if a if a if a line appears that means that something is present yep. and so on all of my conditions i have very dark lines that say something's present and those are all not there in every single other published protocol. I see. The answer, the, the, the comment was that we understand that you have shown three different lines that show that, you know, this thing is there. We want six. We don't believe you. We want more evidence that what you're showing is true. I'm like, what's the cutoff? Like, are, am I going to do six and you're going to tell me I want nine? <laughs> are you going to tell me I want 12? I want th like, right. at what point is enough enough? Were, were they like, at least sort of, did, did they throw you a bone at all? Or were they like, oh, that's really no, interesting. No, it was all criticism. All crit <laughs> it was all criticism. I see. They did not start with like, this is interesting. They didn't even, you know what? They didn't even, they didn't even start with like, you know, you, you know how like most comments yeah. are like the courteous, but like totally they're just being courteous, but they, yeah. 
you can tell they're disin they're not genuine it's like that was very interesting but it was there wasn't even that there wasn't even the the the, the disingenuine uh uh courtesy interesting it's just criticism <laughs> anyway yeah i could see why that how that would be very frustrating but like so that's what i'm dealing with yeah i i feel like though that's the kind of like if you just keep doing it eventually they'll like shut up yeah but and like that's just how i am that's like, not consoling, like I am, but... well well i like thank god i have the personality that likes yeah. being told no right like right, like right. i'm kind of the little rebellious scrappy kid who went to warp tour or listened to punk bands and wears ripped jeans and nail polish <laughs> and eyeliner and dyes my hair i'm like i, I i'm fine <laughs> fighting and rebelling that's just who i am yeah. i don't but like if you were like someone who that wasn't your personality totally. yeah oh that would suck yeah it would yeah and yeah there are probably a lot of people out there without without your personality who are pushing for these kinds of things and then they stop yeah i i yeah. i know i know several top like i i'm not gonna say their names but i know several top of my head who just left science altogether for that very reason yeah they just can't hand they just they just like this is this is not science at this point this is gatekeeping from the playground that's that's a really interesting point and i definitely wouldn't have thought of thought of that um i my, my impression of mathematics is that it's very different um, because it happens all the time where like okay the field can't prove this thing like prove this conjecture and we're like really darn sure that it's true and so but so then the the assumption is clearly we're just missing some technique that nobody's thinking about um to apply to this problem like that like that was Fermat's last theorem it was you know Fermat was like around the 1600s or whatever and mm -hmm. it was his last theorem <laughs> and it's that famous one where he was like oh, I have a I've I know a proof, but it's uh, it's too too long to fit in the margins of, the, of these notes, and then <laughs> so, so either he had like this, that's a great fact yeah that's no, great <laughs> um and so like all of like a whole bunch of fields started a whole bunch of like really fundamental fields in mathematics started around trying to prove that uh, conjecture and this was yeah, this was like three hundred fifty years or something. Uh, since, since the conjecture was made and and it was finally proven in like the 90s i think by a mathematician uh, named andrew wiles and the proof is like 200 pages long <laughs> i love the fact that someone made it like like it, it, did i interpret that right there was just some genius mathematician from forever ago <laughs> who made this theorem and was like and eh, some like people are smart they'll figure it out yeah. like like i don't need to like write it all out yeah and then we didn't figure it out for a couple hundred years yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right and that's great that's nobody great. knows maybe he really did have a proof and maybe we're still missing that really nice clean proof that's like two paragraphs um uh <laughs> just, just someone's lazy yeah just <laughs> i mean that's how it goes like you know if you read a math paper there's so much assumed and like you you're if, if you tried to define everything if you substantiated every, substantiated every claim every paper would be like 500 pages long so you have to do that, <sighs> and that 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 really is how mathematicians communicate to each other it's like okay this is true that's true that's true that's true and 
I, anyway, I think I think that that example should be given like that example should be taught to every single school teacher of mathematics <laughs> because they always say it's like you can't just write the answer because I and, and they and they always phrase yeah. well if you just write the answer it's either right or wrong I can't prove that it's right or wrong it really like I don't know I think that'd be cool to reframe it as no we're teaching you this because this is mathematicians need to write down how they got to the answer otherwise you know you have this thing where some guy wrote some throat this crazy theorem down and we didn't figure out what the heck it meant for three years or whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> although i mean maybe it's kind of a good thing by devil's advocate because whole fields of like really beautiful mathematics emerge from from that silly comment <laughs> imagine if this guy was just a like 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 uh, did you say 1600s i can't remember what uh, year yeah, you i said. think it was like late, late 1600s i could be wrong right? it was 1670 so I, I you know what I'm gonna play devil's advocate. This guy from the 1600 was a quack. Made it up. He's just like, I, this is my last theorem. I'm just gonna fuck with them and just like completely just write nonsense. And you're like, haha, you guys are gonna get, you guys are gonna get like, oh, I love it. Gonna wrap your head around it. And it took, and that's why it took so long. He just was, and it just happened to be true. Wait, so so he's not only a quack, but he's one of those quacks that like put up with the. Uh... With the mainstream, like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll be competent and do actual good <laughs> mathematics. I'll be a genius and be extremely productive. But at the very end, I'm gonna leave with this. Really <laughs> yeah, he's 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 that classic. He's that classic story of an old person just being like, you know, I'm living my life to the best of my ability, and then like, but I have this magnum opus joke that's gonna mess with y'all. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> I forgot the point I was trying to make. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's clearly that some people are mathematic quacks yeah there you go <laughs> um it had something to do with andrew wiles's proof being like 200 pages long uh shoot what were we talking about you i mean you were just talking about how it took forever to get a proof uh let's see it was something about mathematics being different from science uh oh yeah yeah oh yeah yeah okay so this this proof by by wiles um it it wasn't so it wasn't the case that um wiles figured out some clever idea that was that fermat could have come up with it had to be the case that um the right collection of techniques um emerged over that 350 year period so that someone sufficiently clever could combine them in a way to get the proof of the theorem so um Uh, so proving the theorem required um, having some new combination of some disparate set of techniques uh, to to prove the thing, and and that's that that's at least my impression so far as a humble humble master student uh, is that 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 is how things work in mathematics. That is the mainstream view that you know for every conjecture that people think is true uh, but it's very hard to prove it everyone just assumes that there's some clever other idea from some other other area of mathematics or some combination of techniques from different areas of mathematics that needs to happen um, or some new mathematics that hasn't even been invented yet um, to, to prove the thing and there isn't this like ossification or this siloing of like okay only this technique can be used to prove this set of theorems or 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 any theorem in this field or something like this so it, it definitely seems to me like the the norm is 
like the opposite. Yeah, and and no one, no one, no one will admit it in science. Like like every like like in science, everyone will everyone will say you know science is derivative and iterative, and and we try to uh, we try to build on other ideas. But the foundation, a lot of the times, is very shaky. It's like it's like we're we're building we're. Uh, I don't mean this to to sound anti-science because there is a lot of sound science out there but there are some times where i i fear that certain ideas are being built on an inverted like 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 an inverted pyramid um or like an in inverted jenga tower where it's like there's the one centerpiece at the bottom and they're slowly just stacking things on top and it's like you're basing so much off of one singular observation. It's not like, you know, you have a solid observation that, you know, you've had different people from different angles kind of prove the same thing. So you have, you know, this nice lateral long foundation. It's, it's like evolutionary theory. It's like yeah. Like it scares, it scares me sometimes. Is it, is there some like, uh, sense of, I don't know, security or uh, comfort in that image, though. That like, okay, there's this all this bad science being founded on this like really rickety foundation. At some point, the house of cards is going to fall, and it'll become plain that it's that that pursuit is wrong. I mean, it's a housing bubble. <laughs> Has the housing bubble popped yet? Like, like I guess it's catastrophic, yeah. and that's like like what I fear is going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I don't think I've ever said this out loud. What I honestly, what what I honestly feel is going to happen is that House of Cards is going to fall. Mm -hmm. I think that House of Cards has started to fall already, but it's not it, what they don't realize is they built is is that each House of Card has a nuclear warhead in it. What do you mean? So what's going to happen is when that when that Think, th think of building an, an, a house of cards. When, the, when each card that hits a table, it's a nuclear bomb. And it's making this these giant craters. So even though you built science on a on like a wood on a, on a on a level wood table, by the time this house of cards falls, we're gonna be beneath the table. We're going to like dig a hole. So we're gonna start lower than we already are. So there's gonna be some uh uh, some negative externalities of of the 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 the, the, the error correction and very, very can you be a bit more specific like i can in real like the real life ramifications is i can 100% be more specific in that regard of what i mean how that's going to look in reality yeah what does a nuclear bomb what's an example of a card turning into a nuclear bomb when it hits the ground um currently right now the protests in ottawa uh so so there's a there's a okay. bunch of people in Ottawa right now who are who are shutting down the government because they don't want to get vac vaccinations. Sure. Why don't they want to get vaccinations? Because they believe that vaccination is going to kill us all in 2 years or whatever reason. It doesn't work. It's it's going to cause more harm than good. It's going to um the the science is built on is 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 unsound. The, the the people who are who are who are propagating these lies, they are PhD scientists. One of them one of them is an immunology in fish. One of them is a 
Um, I think I think they're like a bird researcher or something. Like they're not even like a scientist that's in the field of viruses or immunology. Okay. Um, and you and 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 what what is that starting? It is starting the anti science movement. We had for we had for 10, 15 years there. Um, like I think the first instances of like true anti vax movement. Um, so so what I mean by that is like back when Elvis Presley was alive. Um, people were hesitant of vaccines because they were fairly new. Elvis Presley famously, I believe it was Elvis anyway, famously went on TV and he got a vaccination on TV. And that was the most, the, the sing, a singular event that caused the most upticks in vaccinations ever in recorded history next to this pandemic. Cool. I, I, <laughs> um, and, and there was still hesitancy of the technology, but there wasn't an active fight against it. In 2005, um, when that paper on autism came out, mm -hmm. um, which again, vaccines do not give autism. That's not how chemicals in vaccines work. The and it's been disproven seven thousand times. Um, the there were a lot of there's the anti-vax movement started, yeah. and and but it, again, it was a minority. It wasn't loud. It wasn't people actively destroying society because of their beliefs now you have people now that voice has gotten bigger the the that that anti-science voice um has gotten larger whether you know whether or not you believe it's from trump or whatever i think it's irrefutable that whatever the reason there are more people now who are actively saying science is bullshit than there ever have been in the entirety that science has existed uh i don't know if i buy that claim but i definitely buy that it's it's gone up um in recent history compared to like 10 years ago i mean i mean yeah like, maybe when scientists first came out <laughs> well yeah i'm just thinking like people aren't i don't know there have been a lot of anti-science movements uh I don't think they've caused this much damage, though. I think this is the most violent and damage. They're causing, like, what is it, $700 million of trade between Canada and U.S.? They're blocking it for the last, like, four weeks or something? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure the um, average or, like, the the, the, the majority motivation around the Ottawa protests, um, how much of it is anti-vaxxers and how much of it is people who resent the government imposing vaccines because like those are very different perspectives and i i, I mean i mean i don't know i i'm, I'm he i hesitate to I, I yeah like like i i see your point are 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 like like this is this is you know maybe you can make the argument and i mean i guess you could make the argument i'm not going to try to deny it because i can't prove otherwise but you could make the argument that you know, they're fighting the mandates, not necessarily the science behind why the mandates exist. Like, people should be free to wear masks or not get vaccinated or whatever. It's 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 free. It's freedom of bodily autonomy. So we're we're fighting against the legal repercussions of the government telling us what to do. Okay, sure. Yeah, I do think that that that's a lot of people. But but I I don't know. Like, there's there's part of me where I'm like. If you're against the man, you can be against the mandate and protest, but still be vaccinated if you actually believe in the science. Like, I wouldn't, I don't understand how you could be against the mandate and not be vaccinated 
and say that I'm not anti-science. You know? I, 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 why would you reject the vaccine if you're not anti-science? Uh, you could have religious reasons. Um, yeah, there, there, are, there are a lot of people. I know people who, uh, who have like, who don't have like an, uh, an anti-science perspective. They just don't, they don't like the idea of the government putting some, something in their body. I don't agree with it. Like, like, I, I get it, but like at what, at what point are you playing just like, I'm just slightly pivoting my viewpoint on something. Sure. But like different people have, sorry, this is now we're derailing a bit, but this is like, you know, different people have different values and they have different things that like different values that matter more to them. And some people just have liberty ramped up to a hundred and everything else just sort of pretty low. And some people have like, uh, you know, harmony and fairness ramped up to hundred or, and some people have loyalty, whatever. Like I, I think we're seeing a lot of people who just have liberty ramped up to hundred and they're like, yeah, this could save my life. I might die. And this is maybe a really silly reason. Like but. I, I, I can, th- I can, I can give you no like other other examples. Um, sure, yeah. Like, like you, 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 you have. Um, so yeah, less political example. Um, I hate that the fact that this is like that topic is political. I, I, but I, I hear you. It unfortunately, I, is. I have the same view by the way, and <laughs> and I don't want to like deny that there are uh, uh, anti vaxxers there. There certainly are. <laughs> but let's. But 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 you know. So, 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 so maybe, you know, I, I'll use that and just say, that's how bad I think it can get. Okay. Yeah. If, if true. Um, and you start seeing like, like you started seeing more minor cases. Um, and you see this a lot more like the rhetoric of how people talk, um, Mm. where it's like, you know, the scientists will go say something's true and then, you know, a year or two later, they'll say that what they just said true two years ago is now false. Yep. Like that's an argument against science. <laughs> um, and, and then you have other people and, and, and an example of that would be, um, historically, I think there was an like around when the, the Atkins diet existed, um, which is uh, a low fat diet. And they were saying that a low-fat diet is the best diet to lose weight. Right. What it, what was it two years ago? I don't, I don't even know if it still exists, but there was it changed to the keto diet. Right. <laughs> what's what's the keto diet? High fat to lose weight, yeah. right? And and you know you have some people that say like you know it doesn't matter if you have butter or margarine. Really, what matters is it, does your sugar your your food is filled with sugar, and the sugars are what causing the fat intake. Right. Anyway, there's all these different there, there's all these changing. Um, opinions on you know what's what's the what's going to cause you to lose weight at the time what's the best way to eat what's the best way to do this and 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 you know sure people keep following these di- these different trends but at the end of the day you know they they inevitably go away and I think that at some point that's going to explode into people being like what the heck are scientists doing they're just like spouting these things that end up being a lie ten years later. And it's, and I think it's slowly building and building and building and building, and it's going to explode at some point. The other one that it, the other one, and I have a, and I actually gave a lecture on this recently where I have a slide, a slide deck 
And it is, it has two news headlines every single year for the last three decades. Um, you got New York Times on there, you got CNN, you got Global, you got like all these media outlets. Mm-hmm. Um, you got, and, and you got like other, other science uh, directed media outlets. Um, and twice every year, for the last 30 years, I can find a headline that says someone came out with a new cure for Alzheimer's disease. <laughs> right. At what point do you do those headlines piss people off? Psychologically, I, again, my belief, psychologically, if you keep telling people you're going to do something and you never do it, they're going to distrust you. And it's just a matter of time yeah. before that blows up in everyone's face. And what happens once the public distrusts you? You lose all your money and then we lose science. Yeah. So, so this is, so here are the cards are scientists sort of claiming, just overclaiming. <laughs> overclaiming. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. It's also one of my, it's also one of the things people criticize me the most about is why don't, like, why do I care? I'm like, well, this. And it's like, well, that's not a big deal. I'm like, it could be this. Mm-hmm. Like, why did you say that in the first place? I'm like, because I would be lying. Right. This, this, this leads to, uh, I think, an interesting topic. Uh, um of like the importance of um the like the credibility of scientists the 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 credibility of the knowledge keepers and generators of society and i I feel feel like this this is kind of where my intuition was wanting to go uh with this discussion of like okay gatekeeping why is it there maybe it has something to do with guaranteeing the credibility of uh of uh the the knowledge uh, keepers of society, um, but maybe maybe it's less about like gatekeeping, and it's it's or or maybe it is. I, I don't know. Like, is, is is there a way to um, incentivize scientists from uh, against overclaiming? Uh, yeah, I can tell you exactly how to do it. Pay them not to, I guess. <laughs> uh. Don't so so one of the issues with uh, most science is which is untrue with mathematics. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm correct when I say this. Is and so just agree with me or disagree at the end of this. Um, is that s- scientists' career, how much money they make, how much money they get, if they get promotions, it's entirely based on the number of publications you do, regardless of whether or not you agree with that. Regardless of whether or not who agrees with what? so. So science, science, so, so, so it, I am going to claim, and this is my opinion, that a scientist's salary, yeah. personal salary, yeah. how much money they get, and how famous they are, and how much prestige they have, is entirely based on the number of papers they have, the sheer volume. What those papers say doesn't oh, matter. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is their reward system. I think it's kind of similar for for mathematics, unfortunately. Um, and but I mean, like, can you can you publish something incorrect in mathematics? Like, if your proof is wrong. Oh no, yeah, it has to be like solid mathematics and and like, like where yeah, where 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 the thing about science, like mathematics, you you know, you put some numbers down in a formula and or whatever you do, and you and people can like check it because yeah. the data and everything's all there. Yeah. Um, at all points. And again, I'm calling scientists out, um, and I'm, which has you know, there's going to be ethical implications of this, is that at 
all instruments that scientists use for the most part besides that line thing I'm telling you remember that line thing mm -hmm. I said but everything 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 else at some point gets put as a number in Excel spreadsheet yep. and there is no reason I can't just go delete this two here and now it's a 500 yep. oh look these things are different I can make a graph that says they look different Therefore, I publish something new. Mm -hmm. It is so easy to manipulate science data. Like I could, I, I, honestly, at, at some point, I would not be surprised, and it might have already happened, to be honest with you, um, that someone made an entire career of just making fake Excel spreadsheets. Right. This is why I'm such a strong proponent of, in science, I want universities and and funders to get back to the point in science where we do unmanipulatable visual confirmation i'm sure it could mm. be manipulated if you use very strong if you have like an amazing graphic designer sure, like it, right. it can be done you can you can ai make your own images the barrier to that is very high though because you can have ai to prove that it's yeah, not a yeah. true true thing because you know, an AI will make it, there, there will be an algorithm for the AI to make it and you, someone can make an algorithm to show that an AI made something. In, in, in any case, it's uh, way harder to, do, harder to do and you'd get like order magnitude less people doing it. So the fact that, you know, if you, if you go on my Instagram, mm -hmm. if, if you follow my Instagram story, like I will take pictures under a microscope that say, hey, look, you can see what something that looks like a cell and it's glowing green mm -hmm. and this is what I used. And what does that green mean? Well, according to this line thing appearing or not, that's what the line thing means. Like there, it's irrefutable. You can visually see line, no line, which means that it's here. Hey, look at my picture. I don't see it there. Look at my line. It's not there. Mm -hmm. And here it's here. Look at my line. It's there. Look at my picture. You can see it. I'm laughing a bit because... So a, a bit of a, you know, when I, when I have downtime and I have no energy, I, I like to watch uh, speed runs, like video game speed runs. I, I enjoy it. It's fun. And there's this, um, this thing that happens in speed running uh, communities where sometimes people cheat. Mm -hmm. And there are, all these, there, are, there are all these sophisticated techniques to check for cheaters. And, and um, anyway, as a result, in order to have a valid speed run of a game, you have to have... <laughs> a video of you playing, a video of the screen, and the button mashing has to match with uh, the uh, what's going on in the game. And there, are, and videos run through algorithms, like you know, to check if there's like splicing, like video splicing. So there are all these visual uh, and uh, uh, and uh, like, uh, you know, computer techniques used to verify speed runs. <laughs> And so, so you can't get away with like saying like, oh, hey, I beat the game in this amount of time. That won't count. But apparently for science, <laughs> it, it's, it counts. It counts. <laughs> and so, you know, between being able to manipulate an Excel spreadsheet and between volume being the reward system, yeah. you inevitably... And also, for whatever reason, news headlines 
like uh, general public news headlines from like the New York Times or whatever, those hold value because you are informing the public of your publicly funded research because those are all your reward systems. That's an interesting piece. That's why they that that's that's uh, what, what was what was the what was the point? That's what yeah. What was my point on that? What was the what was the, what was the question? Uh, it's tip my tongue. Uh, well, the, the yeah, the, the incentives in place to for for scientists to do to to overclaim yeah, yeah. to overclaim yeah that's that's why they overclaim. I think that's a really because they're rewarded for it. Yeah, totally. And and there's and the other th- I'll yeah. say this there there is there is there is people who you know tweet into the ether yeah. that this is stupid hmm. but to do but to undo that systemic change is so hard because you have people who are coming up being trained in that system so they're going to believe what they're trained in that's just how schooling works and you have the people who are already there who are trained in that system and that's so like well this is how I live my life I want to still be rewarded for the choices I made I find one of the things I find really irksome and I think this um, provides good reason for that uh, is okay well, one thing I find annoying is how you know occasionally universities put out seminars on various things you know to help your career or whatever and uh, to help your research and very often there are seminars on like how to have a Twitter presence how to uh, engage the public with your research uh, on Instagram or all this stuff. And it seems very pernicious uh, because... It seems very what? Sorry, my vocabulary sucks. But what word did you say? Uh, it, it's self-defeating anyway. It's just, it's just that like... Um, or, or, or compromising to um, train early scientists to... Uh, try to build um, a social presence on, on social media relating to their research because that seems like that, that that would just provide them more incentive to overclaim because if they're able to say like hey I've cured Alzheimer's <laughs> with my uh, whatever um, then they're, they'll get all these social uh, points uh, lots of likes and lots of followers and they'll be able to put that on their CV and you can, I'm pr- I don't know like, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure, like two year, two three, two three years ago, right before COVID happened, there was a headline that Israel cured cured Alzheimer's disease on Twitter. Oh, nice. It was a trending. It was a trending <laughs> thing. Yeah. I we still have the disease. Still there. <laughs> still there. Yeah, and and like you can kind of get away with that. Like if you, if you overclaim some finding on Twitter, or or maybe you don't overclaim in your paper, but when you post your paper on Twitter. You can be like, I cured all mm-hmm. <laughs> No one's going to read it. And mm-hmm. you can still trend. You can still get all these followers and so on. And there's also, and there's also like a, like an underlying issue where because science, because specifically in like medical fields, I guess, maybe there's certain also like environmental industrial fields because industry, like science industry, physics, uh, engineering, computer science, all these things. They have the ability to raise a lot of capital, like from mm-hmm. from from funding rounds. They can also potentially generate a lot of money. Um, 
I also worry that someday university research will fade away because right now university research yeah. is underfunded yeah why is it underfunded well there's multitude of reasons but really my opinion is that it comes down to not enough people care because the amount of people in the country who are scientists is not very many, mm. honestly. And so no MLA or MP is going to put on their platform, I'm going to fight to give scientists more money. Right. Because why, why would that, that wouldn't win you any votes. Mm. It would win you politics. 200 votes. <laughs> yeah, it would win you 200 votes, literally. Um Yeah. And so if you look at the funding ratio of science, it's, you hadn't, we have, we experience inflation too. We experience, um, <laughs> our techniques get more expensive and more sophisticated. Yep. So we just inevitably have to spend more money, but the money we get just like everyone's job wage has not increased in like 20 years. Right. Um, I think it's like a, I think it's like, I think it may be, I think it's slightly less than inflation, but maybe it matches inflation. Exactly. Mm. And you know, the, the, the government will go and pat themselves on the back saying, Hey, look, we increased, um, the amount of money we give scientists by $300 million. That's inflation. Yeah. <laughs> I literally made no more money. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and and so like the and so there. and so going to like industry yeah. right um what i worry is that because industry has the capacity because you're trying to an industry is usually you're trying to sell something at some yep. point um they're going to start raising a lot of money there's going to be a lot of you know silicon valley investors and and all these people willing to give money to these companies like i think there was one that said like a salt uh there was this huge court case actually late last year that just got finalized where someone, I it was some woman and she made a science business claiming that she could detect some disease. I believe it was through saliva or something oh, yeah, yeah. and has literally zero data to back this up, but got, it was like the highest valued company for like the longest time or something. This, and it yeah. was like billions and billions of dollars raise an insane amount of money all lies every single one of it ended up going to jail for it because you know obviously yeah. but but like just it puts in perspective that the capacity to go to take science private makes you so much money you're gonna you're you're gonna start deteriorating the university system because we can't compete with that also the science that industry's uh paying for is like really narrow it's like as as you said, it's profit driven, and so every, mm -hmm. it, there's a there's a low risk, uh, known return on investment type of mindset towards the uh, science, mm -hmm. and so you're not going to mm -hmm. discover new things. You're not going to get interesting stuff. You're just going to get optimization. It's mm -hmm. very annoying. It's it's mm -hmm. similar in math. I mean, um, fortunately, you don't need that much money to fund a mathematician who's just doing whatever. Um, 
but man, you can make a lot more money if you're uh, researching um, for like Google or Amazon or something. Uh, and yeah, but 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 we, you're not going to really be doing. Um, you don't have that much freedom. You have to just you're just optimizing algorithms, really. <laughs> Yeah, like I know one friend in industry who literally just makes antibodies for COVID, mm -hmm. and it's just how to make how to increase the yield of antibodies yeah. for COVID. Yeah, that's making antibodies for a, a disease or a protein isn't an isn't a new technique. Mm -hmm. They're not innovating; they're just optimizing. You're right; they're just optimization. Yeah, I, I, I've um, I've come across math uh, professors who like worked in industry for like 20 years as a researcher and then shifted to being a professor. And it's funny looking at their paper, at their publications, at their publication history, because <laughs> it's like for that twenty years, it's like the same thing, it's the same paper, just slightly more optimized, uh, whatever. And then once they become a professor, it's just like uh, this diverse, deeper, interesting <laughs> mathematics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's really pernicious. Let's use the same word again. <laughs> There was, there was, there was. Yeah, I need to look up that word. I don't know if I'm using it correctly. It's harm. It means harmful. I looked it oh, up. Oh, nice. Um, so the yeah, yeah. I don't. I I I don't know if I have much more add to add this conversation, but <laughs> there was. I I found out someone. I found out like two days ago because I just read. The, I I looked up the author. There's one paper I cite a lot, and just because it's. It started to do what I wanted to do, and then for some reason these people dropped off the face of the planet, and no one's like followed up on it. So I just kind of googled them, went on their LinkedIn profile. So apparently they got a three million dollar um, money from the Canadian government um, in in like December of a single year. Um, they published a paper on April of the following year which is an insanely short timeline saying they can do some technique dissolve the company by december of next year what do they do with three million dollars in a year for for everyone who doesn't know um most researchers work on a like a budget of a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> per year or so wow so it just goes to prove that if you're trying to make an industry company you can get a lot more money from the government of canada oh right then if you're a researcher who yeah. has been doing it for 30 years or 20 years or 10 years or whatever. Yeah. It's really annoying because like the, the, I think the assumption there is that like, okay, if you fund industry, then you'll probably get a scaled up return on investment uh, or you're more likely to. Uh, but, but there isn't like, but like the, 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 the scaled return on investment is like way higher on just pure research, um, much less likely. But if you're funding, you know, like ten thousand people to just do whatever, or hundred thousand people with less gatekeeping, <laughs> um, then you're more likely to get that really radical scaled uh, up return on investment. I, I, yeah, I, I wonder I, if someone can. If, I bet people have done this, done, done the compare the the comparison on return on investment there between investing in pure science and investing in industry. And that, yeah, you get more more returns, like like smaller returns and more frequent returns if you invest in industry. But does it work out to be the same or like way larger if you 
um, invest in pure science. I mean, that'd be so hard to do because you'd have to like to yeah, to to to, <laughs> to 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 do to do like the adjustment cost for like innovation potential, like because as we said, industry doesn't innovate. Free free research innovates. There could be a bunch of stuff that down the road that we don't even like that could generate money that we haven't even got to. Yet, That's very true. Based on based on free research. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a lot of like cryptocurrency, for instance, anything crypto uh, is only possible because of like number theory from the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> but you you can even look at like the past, like electromagnetism. You know, that's been pretty helpful. <laughs> you know, making electricity. I I don't do I I mean I guess it runs my computer. Yeah, it's, it's kind of nice. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so 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 Teo, why do we so Teo, why do we why why is they why do we gatekeep when people from the playground? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I I I'm coming away from this conversation with like a a better idea of like. Why, like, in what ways the gatekeeping doesn't make sense? But I, I, I haven't come come away from the conversation feeling like gatekeeping in some sense doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, yeah, like, 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 there's a lot to think about, but like, there's no answer to this one. Yeah, but I do. I, 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 I think I'll say this, and and you can elaborate or you can expand on it if you want. Yeah. I know we're running kind of along on this after party here but the i think at the very least my takeaway is that i can't really see a reason why the gatekeeping needs to be so long yeah in time like i can't see why we can't cut like in science maybe focus people quicker so they can get to being on the playground sooner. Yeah. I don't see why. So those people who, who, who've not had the opportunity to get a master's or for a PhD, there's really no, um, guarantee of what you need to do for your Mr. Miyagi to say, I'll give you a master's degree or I'll give you a PhD. It's kind of just a gut feeling. So there's mm -hmm. no like criteria of what you need to do. Um, there's kind of like just like an ambiguous idea of it. Um, should that be more concrete? Would the, would that make people not have to do eight year, 10 year PhDs? Mm -hmm. Do they need to do eight, 10 year PhDs to feel, to get to the playground? Right. I, I, I feel like, I feel like you should be able to get on the playground once you get the, res the 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 cognitive responsibility to be on the playground yeah but can we accelerate that maybe do we need it maybe <laughs> do we need the fence do we need the do we need the infinite monkey cage maybe <laughs> i mean we definitely need it for you know to to weed out the people who overclaim 
the the sort of irresponsible people because uh, there is some responsibility to being to 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 being considered an expert because it's it's a it's a social label it's a kind of class like people need to trust trust you with holding some responsibilities it's like if you're if you're an electrician people need to really trust that like okay you understand electricity and what <laughs> you're not you're gonna doing. burn my house down yeah. <laughs> um yeah if you're a politician you know if you're a representative like hey I, you're representing me in parliament you, you know I, I trust you and so, so like the, the, there, has, there has to be some there have to be some hoops there have to be some checks uh yeah it, I, I i wonder though if at the end of the day like it, it kind of has to be this vague thing because <laughs> at, at, this, this is what i'll leave I'm, I'm, i'll leave you with this other thought and i'm ready should does if it is vague this is the benefit because if it wasn't vague do you lead to a system whereby you if and this is true in every other field you get the credential you say it says you're an expert should there be a governing body of some kind that can revoke your credential hmm. that has a lot of repercussions but it also has some benefits it does i mean we have that for you know doctors and lawyers and accountants like any, anything any professional and it, i mean it does seem to me that academics are are, are kind of professional um, just like any any other but revoking huh that's a dangerous that's that's that 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 could be dangerous yeah, it could be dangerous because what if you just piss someone off with your uh with your true but wacky idea get out of here you, you'd have to have a really you know, robust come system out, of norms for this to work you uh humoric medicine the humors are true get out of here with your evidence-based western medicine yeah. yeah it's all about the humors yeah revoke your license yeah 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 I, that's very tricky i i, I think you, you you do need uh, a really solid system of norms um at the institutional level for that to work and if it if they get compromised then you can you can have people with a very rigid single view um deciding who get who who gets uh, to keep their credentials and who doesn't yeah i don't know <laughs> any final thoughts tail any final thoughts well a bit of a curveball but one thing that is really kind of cool is Wikipedia. And I've heard in many fields, Wikipedia isn't, isn't very good. But in mathematics, it's, it's kind of amazing. And anyone can edit it. Um, yet, mathematic, mathematics Wikipedia is really reliable. Um, so it makes me wonder, like, should just all mathematicians leave the university and just go post on Wikipedia? Or... <laughs> Like, like what, what, what is allow, like, what is it about Wikipedia that allows for very accurate, um, information and knowledge to be kept and generated and what, what is the next, like, 
how how might we base an a, a, an institution of knowledge on a similar sort of structure that Wikipedia is based? Crowdfunding. <laughs> crowdfunding. That's 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 I think that's the answer because that's all Wikipedia is. It's crowdfunding. You can't huh. you can't do that with. Well, why why is instant why is a university institutionalized? Why is it the norm? Because universities can sell degrees and those degrees only in, in canada and europe and other places not in the states in the states you have to get grants to pay yourself but in canada and this what pays the professor salary P pays the professor's salary people trying to get a degree hmm. and they don't need to be crowdfunded you can get a paycheck with out being crowdfunded hmm. can you get crowdfunding as a professor yeah, there's no there's no legal requirement why you can't. I can start patreon.com slash Tyler J. Wenzel Lab. And if everyone I don't have that's not a real link. <laughs> grow brains. Grow growbrains.com. But at some point, like like at some point, I I always humored the idea of I really think that a crowd it's dangerous. Yeah. There's there's a lot of danger here. You're giving power to I, I really think there's a lot of power in a crowdfunded lab or research right. because you get rid of a lot of the middlemen, which take away a lot of the money. That's true. Like these federal grants, they lose 30%, 40% of their money um, from overhead administration costs. Yep. Same thing with these um, uh, uh, charities that give us money. The charities also have a lot of overhead and take a lot of the way. Scientists would get a lot more money if you donated directly to them. What does that do, though? Gets rid of that peer review process. You're now funding someone specifically without having someone vet what they're doing. Yeah, I feel like there has to be some platform and it probably decentralized platform that somehow replaces the peer, Kickstarter. peer review process. <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, like, you have to meet a certain goal. Meaning, a lot of people have to approve your idea. <laughs> well, I guess I'm just thinking, like, why the heck does Wikipedia work for for mathematics? Well, I think, I think, I think how Wikipedia works is it 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 has such a broad diversity of knowledge that appeals to just barely enough people. Yeah. Like they have to do a funding thing every single year, but it but it but it appeals to just a just enough people they can keep their doors open but they don't make massive profit that's true but if you did something mathematic specific could you mm -hmm. i don't i don't know if you could you know make a living living wage because wikipedia definitely doesn't get enough money to also pay you to buy your food that's the issue i wonder if there's some way to get like some i don't know crypto system work oh out god where <laughs> We're we're like there's some way to authenticate that you're that you know mathematics or like like you get points I mean, for that theorems proved or something like this, and then money goes into the pot, and you get money for everything that you prove. But in theory, that's that's in theory how the system works. The more the more theorems you prove, the more publications you have, the more money you'll get. Yeah. So that, that that's theoretically already the system set but, but up. But it, it's decentralized, though. Do we need to decentralize the system? Uh, I think decentralizing the system would mean less money for middlemen. Like if you just have, if you, like, I, I'm assuming here that we have like a really awesome, uh, 
like like we've solved some big problem in crypto in, in cryptography where we can like um verify someone's identity when they are posting something and we know that they yeah. are an expert or something so I, I i guess i guess the thing is if the system was perfected i think we would be there but i think everyone just intuitively knows that we are not we do not have the technology to truly make a decentralized system that works yeah and th that's why it doesn't exist fair enough <laughs> if it if it did work i just think it would exist yeah i i hope it starts to work soon that'd be really cool <laughs> But until then, we can start our patreon.com slash. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, anyway, I've, I've, toyed with, I've toyed with that idea once or twice and be like, hey, you know what? I'll be very transparent what I do. And my, my, value, my, my value in return for you donating money is, you know, I'll show you the playground. You can listen to these podcasts. I'll show you science. I'll, I'll if you wanted to fly in the middle of nowhere, Saskatchewan, I'll let you walk through the lab. <laughs> you can touch my microscope. That is not a euphemism. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I, I've thought about it. It's very enticing. I'm on the fence. I am honestly on the fence. It'd be really cool if we had a, a a system where like just everyone donated to some charity. Everyone donated to some sets to some scientists. Like you got some tax credit for donating thousand like dollars yeah. a year to scientists. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I, I, I've, you know what? If, if, if in another life I was a very famous influencer who had a platform that had donation money, um, I would, I, I would start probably like I would definitely start a charity like that and just be like, hey. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, what would that charity be? It would be another funding agency. <laughs> you could apply for this and you can get money. Um, but yeah, I, I really do want to do that. Yeah, really cool. I want more people on the playground. Me too. I do too. And I also want, I also want less playgrounds in major cities. Like, I want to, you know, if if I want to, if I want to have a playground in the in the middle of a forest, I should be able to just like you know put a bio safety cabinet in my backyard why do i have to be in vancouver or toronto or new york or totally. california or not california it's not a city san diego <laughs> yeah yeah totally um yeah I, I don't know is that like even feasible for for biologists i feel like that would be really why not i just it doesn't matter where i get the data it's true i guess yeah if i have if i have money to pay for my experiments and pay for my food yeah, you just need power and be able to <laughs> doesn't, receive supplies yeah i just need to be able to do it doesn't matter where i do it technically speaking and in a lot of cases the university kind of sucks to do work in <laughs> a lot because you have a lot of bureaucracy and a lot of different departments and yeah the, you get a lot of bloat and you know overhead and mm -hmm. all these things yeah i guess now, now that i think of it i'd be very happy to just do research in a cabin somewhere, really small town. Yeah, collaborate over Zoom or whatever. Zoom, it's fine. <laughs> do you need to do? Do you need to tell you? Do you do you need to be at a university doing mathematics, or can you just put a chalkboard in whatever chalkboard up in the middle of nowhere and whatever pirate chip you own, cool. and just do it there? And I could I could invest in one of those um, boards that is like a digital board, and mm -hmm. like. You can do it for like collaborations. If you write on it, then the other person can see it too. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, 
That would that would not be Huh. I just need the money. <laughs> just need, just, just <laughs> always comes just back to the money. The money. <laughs> yeah, it could literally do the same work. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, I don't I, I I you know, I don't think there's an answer to this question, Teo. I I, 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 I think this gave a lot of people to think about or a lot of people things to think about on 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 why it takes so long to get to the playground why it's so hard to 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 play on the playground but i think they i I think everyone got a couple cool stories that you know neither neither of us expected (laughs) neither of us expected to tell them um and they got some insight into how mathematics works and how um science works and i i hope it was interesting for everyone yeah you know, if 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 you would like to tell us what your thoughts are on, you know, whether or not the system's good, whether or not the playground should be opened or closed to more people, I'll be I'll be more than willing to hear any single one of your hypotheses or theories. You want to send me a thirty-page book? I will read the thirty-page book. I'll read a hundred twenty-page book. I'm very curious what everyone's thoughts are. You can send those to me on whatever platform you can find my name. Just Google Tyler J. Wenzel, and I'm on everything except tiktok because i'm an old man yeah please send those things to tyler and then i will forward it all to teo <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> well i, I just feel like i um i haven't really changed my opinion on what is your opinion what, what is your final opinion well, my final opinion i think is that i i think the gatekeeping is is largely extraneous but i like you were saying at the beginning that like when you actually sort of explore the rationale behind behind each of the components of the gates <laughs> uh it sort of falls apart a bit it's like why why is it there no that's not really a good reason um but at the end but, you know at the end of the day I, I i do feel this vague sense of like uh, it's good that there's some gatekeeping because i don't want numerologists uh taking up taking up my time in the in the math meeting you know <laughs> Why? Why do we have the gates? It's because we don't want kids on the playground running into the middle of the street and getting hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> it it like makes sense, but then you're also like, but does it? <laughs> yeah. Well, in in any case, I feel less cynical and frustrated, um, and a bit more objective about the problem, and that I think is. You feel less cynical. Interesting. Well. I feel I feel I feel more cynical but maybe more articulate are the words I would I use. think I feel less cynical because I feel more articulate on it like oh, because it's like oh, okay the problems are kind of concrete and bounded and they aren't uh, like I'm not wrapped up in this sort of immersive frustration um I'm, I have a better sense for like why it makes sense and why it doesn't make sense and I feel like I could more confidently navigate it and, or, you know, articulate why it's there and why it isn't there going forward. And so it, it's, yeah, I, I have a more objective view of it and I'm therefore less emotional and frustrated. I'm- well, that's good. <laughs> that's the goal of this podcast, <laughs> to make everyone be a better person, <laughs> make everyone more relaxed and chill and learn something. That's, that's what it's all about. <laughs> So, for everyone else listening, until the next interview drops or the next random party podcast, we're out. See y'all. <laughs>